What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Thank you very much for tuning in. It is Tuesday, September 8th, 2020. You know how during quarantine, obviously, when we were in the heart of the pandemic and there was no sports going on, no nothing going on, and it was a struggle to put together a 15-minute show? It's been a minute since we've had one of those podcasts. This may be another one of those. I thought yesterday's game was maybe the most boring ball game the Tigers played all season. There are some things to talk about, and I will discuss them. And you know what? This might be one of those instances in which even I surprised myself. Maybe I'll, I'll get more out of yesterday's ball game than uh, I, I thought I would. But it was a 6-2 loss at the hands of the Minnesota Twins, putting an end to what felt like an endless weekend series against the Twinkies and went uh, five games. Obviously, one of those was a makeup game in which the Tigers were the home team. But before I, I jump into yesterday's game, there was one thing I forgot to bring up about the the game on Sunday that really, really bothered me, and I think uh, justifiably so. Casey Mize was at 80-something pitches through four innings on Sunday, and he was clearly gassed. He didn't have anything left. If he would have came back out for the fifth, it, he would have easily ended up throwing the most pitches he'd thrown so far at the major league level. He does come out for the fifth, gives up a leadoff a double. That run would come around to score. Obviously, Mize didn't end up taking the loss. The Tigers would go on to win that ballgame on Sunday. Ron Gardenhier had been out pretty much all weekend with what seemed like kind of a, a stomach virus. I'll speak more about that in a few weeks when the season comes to an end, but I would be shocked at this point if this isn't Ron Gardenhier's last year with the Tigers. I don't have anything against the guy. I think he's handled himself with, with, with true class in the, the midst of some very uh, tumultuous times for this organization, but his health doesn't seem to be doing that great, and it would just make sense with the his contract situation as well for the team to possibly move on. But he was out over the weekend, and Lloyd McClendon was the acting manager. Lloyd McClendon, to me, being a part of your organization is the kiss of death. Lloyd McClendon has failed upwards and or flamed out of essentially every role that he's had in Major League Baseball over the last 20 years. I know he had some mild success, I think, at one point with the Tigers. I don't know if he was a hitting coach or a bench coach or whatever he was. Him and Jim Leland got along a lot, but he's not good. He hasn't been good here since he arrived a couple years ago. He was a terrible hitting coach. They just kind of keep him around now as a bench coach, but he was the acting manager yesterday, and he was over the weekend. He was pretty much all weekend outside of the first two games. For the most part, I try not to get too high or too low on managerial decisions because it it doesn't really matter for these teams for the last couple years. Like It doesn't matter who you have. Tito Francona wouldn't have been able to get this team to 60 wins last season, but when you're talking about a young pitcher in your organization, a guy that everyone, including myself, views as a key important cornerstone piece to mismanage him the way they did on Sunday. I thought that was completely reckless and downright dumb and pathetic. I mean, this is one of your key pieces. This was your uh, round one, pick one guy to stretch him in, in a meaningless game into the fifth inning when he was clearly gassed after pitching around several really high leverage situations. Uh, pathetic. And just another notch in the belt for a guy who, uh, 
it, to me, just isn't a very good baseball mind, to be completely honest with you. But uh, that, that was one thing I forgot to mention on yesterday's show. But now that we're here, let's talk about yesterday's game. Tigers suffered a 6-2 loss at the hands of the Twins, dropping their record to 18-21 and on the season. Only three hits for the Tigers yesterday, two of them by Jamer Candelario, the other coming from Willie Castro. So your four and five guys each had hits. Everybody else had a whole lot of offers, 12 strikeouts by the Tigers yesterday. Michael Pineda was great. He was excellent for the Twins. And yeah, he's always been like a slightly above average to just regularly average pitcher. You know, a great strikeout stuff, tremendous slider. Always felt like one of those guys early in his career was going to be someone who had the potential to reach that upper echelon, like one of those guys who could maybe take that next step and be a legitimate ace when he was with New York, and he never reached that point. But it clearly, and now that he's back from that PED suspension, is pitching some really good baseball for them. Pitching with a lot of confidence yesterday, seven innings, three hits, two earned runs, two walks, and eight strikeouts. The slider had a tremendous late break to it, and he was, uh, he was painting with the fastball as well. That was a really excellent performance. On the other end, for the Tigers, you had Michael Fulmer, who... I, I, look, I'm, I can't say I'm disappointed in Michael Fulmer because, to me, everything that Michael Fulmer is doing right now is kind of an achievement in and of itself. The fact that he's just attempting to come back from something that is really difficult to come back from. But, man, the stuff doesn't look very good. The command doesn't look very good. He just seems stuck. But not stuck in the way that... Casey Mize is stuck, where Mize has issues with command, and it seems issues putting guys away. It seems his stuff is stuck, and it scares me because I, I'm willing to be as patient with him as possible. Go the rest of the season, start him every fifth day. I'm not saying move him to the bullpen or DF, DFA him or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not by any means on that bandwagon. But what I hoped we would get out of Michael Fulmer this year would be improvement with almost every start. Something that with every start you could look at and say, well, that was better. Okay, well, you know what? He got beat around a bit in this start, but the fastball velocity was up. Okay, he got beat around a little bit in that this start, but the command was better, the strikeouts were better, or the stuff overall was better. Uh, the stuff has been pretty flat pretty much all season. He's been inconsistent in terms of command. Sometimes it's been okay, like it was against the Brewers, I think his last time out, where he had six strikeouts, and sometimes it's been pretty poor, like I thought it was yesterday. And ultimately, what they're asking him to do shouldn't be that difficult. Just give him three innings. By the end of the season, if he's able to go four or five, wonderful. Three innings, Michael. Keep him in the game. Don't let the other team take too big a lead. Give, allow your bullpen the opportunity to hold down a lead or hold down a tie game or, or keep a game close. He's not doing that. I looked at his baseball savant numbers uh, the other day. They are truly pitiful. I'm going to read these off, and I think that these are a, a good measuring stick because obviously while he's only going three innings at a time, what you look for is stuff and how it stacks up to other starting pitchers in the league. You're not looking at innings pitched. That's unfair to him. But exit velocity in the third percentile. Hard hit rate in the one percentile. Weighted on base average, three percentile. Expected ERA, third percentile. Expected batting average, third percentile. Expected slugging, fifth percentile. Barrel percentage, 13th percentile. K rate, 37th percentile. So, okay, so that's not bad. Whiff rate, 37th percentile. Not terrible. Fastball velocity, 56th percentile. That's the only thing on this page that is considered 
average, 56, obviously just slightly above average, fastball spin, 18th percentile, curveball spin, 35th percentile. That Those are brutal numbers, brutally bad numbers, and he just seems a little bit lost. You know, may, maybe he's still, uh, he is, he is still trying to wear off some of that rust, but I don't know, man. He seems, he just seems stuck right now, and it's very disappointing. I'm not there yet. I'm not saying give up on him because ultimately the guy had been too good here for us as a fan base or the Tigers as an organization to say, oh, well, well we're going to DFA you or we're going to move on from you. That'd be completely unfair. And not to mention, and this hasn't been brought up enough, and this was one of my most popular videos. The video that got me featured on Barstool was me ranting about this, but it's it's a fact. It's true. The Detroit Tigers in back-to-back seasons in 2017 and 2018 overpitched Michael Fulmer. 2017 especially, when they were, you know, the, the beginnings of this tanking rebuild, uh, clearly trying to lose, were pitching him when he was clearly, clearly not healthy. And I think that carried over into 2018 when he wasn't very good, and I think it it's what led to him requiring Tommy John surgery uh, before the start of the 2019 regular season. They have mismanaged him, and that scares me, because they mismanaged Michael Fulmer, and, and they didn't trade him. We could go back and forth about the merits of that. Should they have? Should they not have? What were they offered for him? Who knows? But again, and I said this on my buddy Justin Spiro's podcast, what you look for is how the organization develops, guys. And they are not good at developing position players. They haven't been for a long time. They're not good at developing pitchers. They haven't been for a long time. And the whole crux of this rebuild is centered on really mainly three, but somewhere between three to five young arms in the farm system. Scooball, Mize, Manning, if you want to throw in Fayeto or Wentz or, or Funkhauser or Burroughs, any one of those guys, you can. But you look back at Michael Fulmer, they completely mismanaged him. And, it, and that was during the Avila era. You can't say, oh, well, that was that was all Dombrowski's doing. It wasn't. Avila took over here in 2015. They mismanaged Fulmer in 2017 and 2018. And it's put him in this position, a guy struggling to find himself again at the major league level. It's horribly depressing to watch. It really is because I like the guy so much. He's pitched some great baseball here. We've seen him have electric, dynamic, top-of-the-rotation stuff. And he's just seem to fall apart because of injuries. It's very sad. I hope he finds it again, but I'm starting to believe that this whole experiment might just be for naught because I'm not seeing any improvement. As for the rest of the game, who cares? They lost 6-2. to two. It was it was a boring baseball game, but that was a game that was 4 nothing, and I knew they were going to lose. And yes, I know they've had some comeback victories this year a fair amount. When they get down by 3-4 runs, it's game over. It, as good as the offense has been at points this year, as surprising as the offense has been at points this year, uh, the writing was on the wall. The Twins weren't, weren't going to blow back-to-back leads uh, in consecutive days. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much 
for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we're back. I apologize for what was a very abrupt end to segment number one. Uh, I had to go back and re-record something in the way that things were kind of arranged. That was the only real cutoff point uh, that I could find in the audio. So I apologize for that. But we are back now previewing the first of a a short two-game set between the Tigers and the Brewers. Obviously, these two teams played last week in Miller Park. Both these teams come in with an 18-21 and Record. I'll start with who's on the mound for the Brewers. You have Adrian Hauser pitching at Comerica Park tonight. This coming from MLB.com. Of course, Hauser is 0-3 with a 6.92 ERA in his last five outings. He's making a second straight start against Detroit after allowing five runs on nine hits in five innings at Miller Park on September 2nd. He didn't look good, and I have not seen this guy pitch very often, but, I mean, as I just said, 0-3 with a 6.92 ERA in his last five outings. That's awful, but just based on what I saw over uh, the the most recent series when he did pitch against Detroit, the, the stuff didn't do much for me. It didn't impress me very much. And it seems like Milwaukee, boy, oh boy, it's been a long time since they've had an ace there. Like uh, Granky for a little bit was very good. He, he wasn't there for that long. Ben Sheets, that might've been the last time, honestly, you know, you had Sabathia for half a year, but probably the last time that they had like a legitimate ace there was probably Ben Sheets. That was 15, 16 years ago. And, uh, you know, I think Brandon Woodruff probably has the stuff for it, but, uh, you know, he's still he's still pretty young. They, they struggle developing starting pitching there. They've developed some good position players, but they it's been a long time since they've had a stud starting pitcher come through the, the farm system there in Milwaukee, and it does not look like Adrian Hauser is that guy. And on the other end, you have Spencer Turnbull going for the Tigers. He comes in with a 3-2 and record and a 3-8-9 ERA. His ERA ballooned after his last start. Turnbull gets a rematch against the Brewers after walking five of them over four and third innings on Wednesday in Milwaukee. He has walked 16 batters over 16 and two-thirds innings in his last four outings and leads AL pitchers with 23 walks this season. Well, that's the issue with him, and we've known that since the beginning. I think the guy's got the potential to be a wonderful pitcher here. His last outing was brutal. His last outing was really brutal because they had a lead. You know, he is, to me, still this team's best starting pitcher by a pretty substantial margin. I mean, at least until, or if, you know, Matt Boyd is able to turn it around then possibly. But to me, Turnbull should be the guy. He was spotted a pretty big lead last time out. Couldn't even make it out of the fifth inning because his command was so poor. He's looking to bounce back. This is not a great Brewers lineup. Like, they have some some good hitters, some guys who've struggled. Yelich will turn it around. Hero's a good hitter. But, I don't know, I, I think this is a, a good opportunity for him to bounce back, and I hope he does. Look, I've been incredibly cynical, probably overly cynical. I've been criticized for being overly cynical about how I look at this team. Uh, I don't believe. Uh, I kind of refuse to believe. I think people who do believe are uh, a, a bit naive, to be honest with you, and you're welcome to feel that way. I'm not mad at you. You're not wrong. Just personally, I, I find it a, a bit crazy. But if they really believe that they have a shot at sneaking into this eight spot in the in the playoffs, win both these games. I've watched the Brewers several times this year. I watched them over the weekend against the Indians. They didn't look good. Uh, they, they go long periods of time where, where they're not hitting the ball particularly well. Now, obviously, they, they face Shane Bieber over the weekend, so you can't really criticize them for that. But 
you know, the, their bullpen is their strong suit, but even that I don't think is as good as some people make it out to be outside of, of Josh Hader. These are two winnable games against a team with the same record as you. If you want to believe at all that this team can make a push into the postseason, it starts with this series. Win these two games and then go from there. That's really all I have to say uh, about this upcoming game. Uh, it's a 7-10 game at Comerica Park. That will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow this show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts. Go to iTunes. Leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. And please go to my YouTube channel, which uh, you will find the link to that on my personal Twitter account at Castellani2014. Just turned out two more movie reviews over the weekend for Mulan and a really great documentary called Class Action Park on HBO Max. So please follow me on all of those platforms. I will be right back here tomorrow talking about today's game and previewing uh, tomorrow's ball game, which I believe is a day game. So thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day and go Tigers.